Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we have author and speaker, Dr. Mindy Peltz. What we have to come to this place and realize is that the magic is in the variation. Keto vegetarian, awesome. Paleo, awesome. Keto, awesome. I call it ketobiotic because I want women to be, or people in general, to be eating more greens. Carnivore, amazing. Horma, all of these are amazing diets and they should be put together in a variation program and you customize it for you. But that's not the cookie cutter answer. And I know that leaves people in a little bit of a quandary of like, well, how do I know what is right for me? But that is the, the level of thinking I feel like we need to evolve to when it comes to diet. Otherwise, we're just going from fad to fad to fad to fad. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I wanna thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Campers, I hope you are safe and sound wherever you are. And I'm excited and grateful to bring to you today, Dr. Mindy Peltz, who is a great friend of mine. She's a colleague of mine, and she is an absolute rock star in the health space. If you're not familiar with her work, you are gonna fall in love with her energy and her passion. On this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast, Dr. Mindy is going to share her story of her hormones tanking in her late 30s, early 40s, and what she had to do to reclaim her health, reclaim her energy, and how she used keto and fasting to do that. We talk about what to do, how to eat for your cycle if you're a menstruating woman, how to practice fasting if you're a menstruating woman. And we also talk about perimenopause women and postmenopause women. So ladies, no matter what your age is, we got you covered with this episode. This is gonna be the ultimate resource for how to practice keto and fasting as a woman. We talk about the role toxins such as heavy metals play with our health and how to detox at the cellular level. We know that if you want to get well, you have to fix that cell. And my mentor and Mindy's mentor, Dr. Pampa, says that all the time. We discuss how to begin a ketogenic diet as a woman, the issues with staying in ketosis too long. And then we get into her new book coming out on April 7th, 2020 called The Menopause Reset, which you can pre-order today. Check out the links in the podcast notes to pre-order that. Can't wait to share Dr. Mindy Peltz with you. She is amazing and you're just going to fall in love with her. And before I bring Dr. Mindy Peltz on, I wanna thank you for choosing this podcast. You know, we live in a world right now, if you're listening to this during the quarantine, this is a unique time in the world and I wanna thank you for choosing this podcast, choosing something positive, staying away from CNN, which stands for constant negative news, and choosing to educate yourself. Right now, more than ever, it is important to prioritize our health, to prioritize 
our future. And you're doing that by listening to this episode. So I thank you so much. And if you could leave the show a rating and a review, I would really appreciate that. It helps the show go a long way. What we teach here on Keto Camp, if you're brand new, is keto, fasting, ancient healing strategies to teach the body to do what it's been designed to do, which is to heal. We are on a mission here at Keto Camp to educate and to inspire 1 billion people. So please send this episode, text it to a friend, text it to somebody you know who could get value from it. And also take a screenshot of this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast on your phone. Upload it to Instagram, tag me and Dr. Mindy on that post. My Instagram handle is at TheBenazadi and Dr. Mindy's is dr.mindypeltz. So dr.mindypeltz. Tag us both when I see it, I will share it. I also wanna let you know about kits that I have put together for you. These are called Keto Camp Kits. I have a kit for anybody starting keto. I have a kit for my healthiest fatty coffee in the world and the recipes and ingredients that I use. I have a kit for sleep, a kit for immune health, and so much more. You can find these curated kits that I put together for you over at www.ketocampkit.com. Remember that is camp with a K. I wanna share with you real quick the show sponsor, which is Purity Coffee. Purity Coffee is the highest antioxidant coffee beans I have found. They have tested versus 46 leading brands and have won over each of them on quality and taste. I don't know if you knew this, but coffee is the number one sprayed crop in the world, loaded with pesticides, herbicides, and even mold. This can create leaky gut. This can create inflammation. So we want to make sure our coffee lives up to our high quality standards of health. You could get Purity Coffee for 10% off and free shipping because you are a listener of the Keto Camp Podcast. Head over to puritycoffee.com and use the coupon code KK10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that is puritycoffee.com. Use coupon code KK10. And before I introduce Dr. Mindy Peltz, I want to share a personal intro because she's a great friend of mine and she shows up every single day for the world. I know Dr. Mindy Peltz on a personal level and how much she cares to educate the world. After meeting her a little over two years ago, you know, I saw her speak on stage at one of Dr. Pompa's events, the uh, HCF seminars in Boca. And I was like, who is this woman? She has so much energy and vitality and she's so excited. And why is she shouting? (laughs) And I, I fell in love with her message and I just adore her so much. She is doing work that is so needed in this world, especially during this time that we live in with the coronavirus, with people feeding into fear. Dr. Mindy Peltz, she shares hope, she shares faith. She is so convicted in the message that she shares, and that's why she's so consistent. If you have followed her work, you have seen how consistent she's been over the years. So it's no coincidence that she's getting the success that she deserves, and she's going to continue getting even more. And I'm so excited to just be a part of this mission with her and the other doctors that we work with, including Dr. Pompa and all the platinum doctors. So without further further ado, let's bring on Dr. Mindy Peltz. Dr. Mindy Peltz has been serving health to her community for over 20 years. 
After receiving an undergraduate degree in exercise physiology and nutrition from the University of Kansas, she went on to get her doctorate in chiropractic from Palmer West College of Chiropractic, where she graduated with clinical honors. Dr. Mindy knows what it's like to have your health taken from you. As you'll shortly hear in her story, she was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and was told to drop out of school and wait for medication to work. She refused to believe in that prognosis and she believed in her body's ability to heal. And let's welcome Dr. Mindy Peltz to the show. Dr. Mindy Peltz, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so honored to be here and you're doing great work in the world. Oh my gosh, your podcast, the, the guests you've had, the message you're getting out, just first class. So I really in, in, enjoy watching you and what you're accomplishing. Thank you, Mindy. You know, I'm always inspired by you. We are in this group of platinum doctors together, and I always I see what you're doing. I've seen what you've done over the years, and I'm so inspired by your work because you show up every single day and you touch so many lives. And I'll talk more about that, but let's let's talk about how you got into this space. What, what is your story? Go as deep as you'd like. Yeah, I, I think the best way for me to explain the, the decade-long journey I've been on here is that when I hit 40, I was really the healthiest I'd ever been. Like I, my goal at like 37, I saw 40 coming down the line and I was like, I want to be in the best shape of my life at 40. And, and I was, and I did it through great eating. I was a breakfast eater. I was paleo. I'd been gluten-free for a while, but I was eating six, eight meals a day. Uh, I didn't know anything about fasting. I hadn't really detoxed, but I still was like in an amazing place health-wise. And about two years into my 40s, everything started to slowly unravel. And it first started with sleep. I wasn't sleeping well. And it got to a point where, you know, I would be like, you know, my son would be downstairs at the dinner table chewing, eating his cereal, and it would wake me up, right? And I'd come running downstairs and be like, who's, who's waking me up? Like, I was such a, became such a light sleeper. And I couldn't go to sleep. I'd wake up at two. I couldn't get back to sleep. And then that morphed into night sweats and it got so bad that I'd have to get up and get my husband up and change all the sheets. I'd have to change my clothes three, four times a night. I finally got so tired of that that I would like literally keep a, a sleeping bag next to me so that if the sheets were totally drenched, I'd just pull the sleeping bag in, change my clothes and just slip right into bed. Like that was like my go-to plan for years. And then I think the part that woke me up the most was, uh, well, that symptom moved into crashing at three in the afternoon, brain fog, you know, a lot of things that perimenopausal women go through. But the symptom that woke me up the most was depression, depression, anxiety. You know, I, I've never experienced depression like that before. I have a whole new respect for people when they get depressed because what I realized at about 45 is that there is depression because just life is handing you a lot and it's just a bummer. And then there's depression that's totally illogical. Life is fine. You just aren't excited. You're just blue. And that started to hit me. I would cry going to work. I was crying all the time. I didn't know why I was crying. And then it went into anxiety where I just felt like there was always going to be a crisis around the corner. I couldn't relax. And that really sent me looking for answers. That was kind of the big thing that I woke me up and it was like, 
my eating, my chiropractic, my meditating, my yoga, like all of that was not working for me anymore. And I felt like I had to do something different. Wow. That story about the, the sleeping bag with the clothes just to change in, that's, I didn't know that. So what did you discover uh, along that way when you knew, you knew something was going awry in the body? What did you discover next? Yeah. Well, so the, the wake up moment for me was, you know, it, what women do a lot is when we have a problem, we pull everybody around us. I don't, I don't know if your girlfriend does that, but that's what we do. Like we kind of like pull other women. We're like, what, what do you think about this? How about that? So I did that. I pulled all my friends. I pulled my mom. I pulled my, my older sister. And I was like, what the heck is this? And they all kind of smiled and put their arm around me and said, oh, you know, buck up little camper. This is menopause. And I remember thinking at the time, like, if this is menopause, like, when is this going to end? And how do I get this under control? And I was trying to find solutions in diet. I was trying to find herbs, like, what's the magic herb? Give me some dim, give me something. Like, I can surely, I can supplement my way out of this. And nothing was working. So I finally, one night, was sitting at a science fair. My kids had a science fair. And it was a, or they went to a school that was a small community. And sitting next to one of the science projects was one of the moms of the community who happened to be an OB. And I just, you know, I don't normally talk shop at when I'm like in parent mode, but I turned to her and I said, hey, you know, I, I don't mean to bother you, I, but I just, I, I have one hormone question that I really need answered for me. And I told her exactly what I was going through. And she stopped. And I thought, honestly, Ben, I thought she was going to say, oh, you need to get on bioidenticals. You need to take this magic pill and it'll all go away. And I was suffering so much that I was willing to have that be the answer. I was like, maybe I need to get on antidepressants. Maybe I need to do, like, I was really tempted at that point in time. And she turned to me and she looked me straight in the eye and she said, Mindy, I have a practice full of women with those symptoms and my medical textbooks have failed me. I have absolutely no idea what to do with them. Tell me, what are you doing in your practice with those women? She like turned it on me. And I, I thought, oh my God, like there is no medical answer. And it, it, and it really was true at that point in time. I thought that there would be a medical answer. There is no medical answer. The medical textbooks have failed women. And I basically walked out of there and thought, okay, if it's happening to every woman, what are we all doing? What is it that we're all doing? And the first place I went to was toxins. We're, we're living in the most toxic time in human history. And that is really how I found Dr. Pompa. I started to stalk him and his cellular healing protocols. And I started to learn about heavy metal detoxing. So for me, actually, one of my first steps is I started to, to figure out my heavy metal load and started to detox my heavy metals. So I, I remember a story of you uh, attending one of Dr. Pompa's conferences, right? And you're looking around and you're, you're observing something. You notice that the audience is not snacking. Uh, fin finish, finish that sentence. What happened there? So as soon as I found Dr. Pompa and I found this idea about heavy metals, what I knew from my own, uh, you know, background was that the pituitary, hypothalamus, and pineal gland, they have no protective blood brain barrier, and that's what's controlling hormones. So I wanted to go learn more from Dr. Pompa because I was like, this man understands the toxic connection to menopause. So I'm going to go study that. So we literally, Jessica and I took a red eye. 
we flew to Atlanta. And at that time of my life, like if I was going to take a red eye, I was going to sit in a seminar for three days. I was going to make sure I had plenty of snacks. So I had a bag full of power bars and all kinds of snacks. I was paleo at that time. I just, I had every snack on the planet. I was eating all day long. So we were in the seminar and I'm just munching away on the snacks. And you know, when you're in a seminar and you have something that's kind of, you're opening up a power bar, <laughs> it's kind of crinkly. And all of a sudden I look over and I realize that like people are looking at me and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. And then I start to notice nobody's eating in here. Why are they not eating? And then I started to notice, why aren't they giving us a lunch break? What's going on here? And that was really my first introduction to fasting. <laughs> and then your personality, you've explained this, that you go all in, right? So you learned about fasting and then you did what? What happened next? Well, so I, I thought, okay, I can start with intermittent fasting. So I started then. And then pretty soon after that experience, about six months later, I knew in my mind I wanted to learn water fasting. I was intrigued. But I had all these limiting beliefs. I'm sure the people in your group have this too. Like, no, that's, you know, I don't really need to do a water fast. I'm not that sick. I can't do a water fast. I, you know, my belief system prior to that was that if I didn't eat food, I would die. <laughs> that was the person I was. Like, if you want me to be a nice person, just make sure you feed me all day. That was kind of like my motto. And so I saw water fasting as like, this thing I should do, but I couldn't do. And to be clear, you mean water fasting, but as a block fast, an extended fast, right? Five day, yeah. Got it. So I, I jumped into intermittent pretty quickly and I dabbled in dinner to dinner, but I still didn't really have a strong why to pull me to a, a three to five day block fast. And that's when I met Dr. Pompa's nine-year-old son at the time. And he joined us for dinner and it was, we sat down at a table at nine years old, he was drinking water and he was on the second day of water fast. And I sat there and I thought, okay, this nine-year-old kid is on the second day of a water fast. And it immediately like took all my limiting beliefs away. I was like, those are just lies you're telling yourself. And I literally came home from that dinner and jumped into a five-day water fast. And I, once I got through the mental block of it, but then... I started doing way too much fasting and really ended up tanking my sex hormones, which is a whole nother discussion. But really, uh, women need to be careful how much fasting they do because it can really bring down our estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And I, I learned that the hard way. What are some signs and symptoms of you might be fasting too much as a woman? Yeah, I think the first one is hair loss. So this is an interesting thing I've been talking to my community about is remember that when you stimulate autophagy, that autophagy is like the intelligence turning on in, in the cell. Well, that intelligence is going to figure out it needs to do one of two things. The first, it needs to clean that cell up. That's what we all hope. We hope that it'll like look around and it'll go, I'm just going to do some house cleaning here so this cell can work more efficiently, which is great. But if it can also look at the cell and decide there is too much damage in here and it can kill that cell, we call that apoptosis, that cell will die. And when that cell dies, it doesn't have a mechanism to handle the environmental toxins, specifically the synthetic toxins, specifically heavy metals. So one of the first things we're seeing, and this goes across the board for almost everybody, but it's especially for women, one of the things that we see is the hair falling out. 
you might see it, you've probably seen this in your community as like a keto rash, like the body's detoxifying at such an extent, it's pushing this out, the, all these synthetic chemicals out. This can cause women, men too, to hold on to weight. You surely have this in your community where all of a sudden women are like, I am fasting, 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 and I'm gaining weight. Well, those metals, the apoptosis is happening. Those metals are coming out. So the body is going to store them in fat to save your life. Because if it stores it in organs, that is not good. For me, what happened is it started to go up into the brain and started to stimulate some more release of toxins, leaving me feeling more anxious. And then, you know, the longer you fast, if you're doing it, especially if you still have a cycle, if you're doing it the week before your cycle, you're really bringing down those progesterone levels. And so we'll see in, in perimenopause women and menopause women in general that all of a sudden their cycle goes crazy. A lot of spotting, that's usually low progesterone. So it can throw women's hormones way off. And that's not just, I mean, you probably see that even in 30-year-olds and 20-year-olds in your community that all of a sudden they stop, they lose their period when they start fasting all the time. Yeah, those are some great nuggets right there. So what are some, some simple practical things some of the viewers and listeners can do to help the detoxification of those toxins that are being released into the bloodstream? Yeah. Well, I think that there's like different phases of detoxing. The first thing is just make sure your pathways are open. So, you know, there's some simple things you can do, like dry brushing is great. When you get in the shower, make sure you're doing loofah, like under your armpits and in your neck um, area, anywhere that there's lymph, your inguinal area, make sure those are open. Make sure you're walking when you're doing a lot of the fasting. I don't believe in working out hard, but we want movement. We want sweat. Like those kind of things are really helpful. We see a lot of challenges to the liver where people's livers are so under so much stress. So things like castor oil packs and coffee enemas, those can help if you are a woman that loves to fast, you need to be aware that you may be redistributing these chemicals, these toxins. So the first thing is make sure your own natural detox pathways are open. And those are some simple things. Then I really, and I know you believe this too, that I'm such a fan of once you've established your, your keto life, once you've established your fasting life, you need to really think about adding a heavy metal detox into that, a, a more, a deeper detox. Because when you pair that with a fasting lifestyle, I mean, menopausal women could change their menopause symptoms like that. You can get your brain functioning so well, such mental clarity. You can get yourself like feeling so happy and, and calm, but a lot of us are going to have to add that heavy metal detox into our fasting lifestyle. Yeah, it's it's the missing piece for so many out there who are doing a lot of things right, Mindy, and you see this all the time, but they have a toxic load, right? They have eight silver fillings that they don't realize is causing a problem. They have cavitation. So it's having this awareness. All of a sudden, you're, you, it clicks a light bulb on in your brain. And you're like, oh, okay, I have that. Let me do some more research on this. And Mindy has a lot of information out there on her YouTube channel, which every single keto camper needs to go subscribe to her rocking uh, YouTube channel. Just type in Mindy Peltz, Dr. Mindy Peltz on YouTube. I'll put it in the notes as well. Let's talk a little bit more about how do you fast for your cycle? What are some strategies you can do for a monthly cycle? 
Yeah. So let's, let's start with the person who has a regular cycle because yes. there's like three variations here. So if you have a regular cycle, start tracking it. That's the first thing. Like I laughed that at 45, 46 years old, I tr I'm tracking my cycle for the first time in my life. <laughs> like, maybe I should have done that when I was a teenager, but I didn't. So start tracking it. I like using the Clue app. That's what I use. And I, I track my cycle like clockwork um, when it comes. And so then on day one through about day 12, you can fast like crazy. You can do keto like crazy. You don't need to worry about, I mean, those would be great days to do a block fast, a water fast. On day 12 to day 14, there's this short little window where estrogen is, has to be made. And you need some insulin, you need some glucose to make estrogen. So estrogen does a couple of things for us. If you are an ovulating female, it helps you ovulate. It creates that egg to be released. So if you're a ch of childbearing age and you're using these principles, you got to make sure you step out of ketosis from day 12 to 14, bring your blood sugar up so that you can ovulate normal. If you're a woman who you're noticing your estrogen's really low, you're in menopause or postmenopause, well, let's say, let's just say with the cycle. So you're, you're, you still have that regular cycle. If your skin is getting really dry, your uh, mucous membranes, a lot of women uh, in their 40s get vaginal dryness, the dryness in the nose, like the mucosal membranes of your nose. If your hair is going limp, that 12 to 14 day period, you've got to step out of ketosis and you've got an intermittent fasting is okay, but this would be a time to do what I call a hormone building day, which we tell women to do beans and squashes and potatoes and wild rice. Sometimes citrus fruits are great because you got to bring your insulin up and you've got to build yourself some estrogen. Now, once day 14 hits, you're good. Go back to keto, go back to fasting. Day 14 to day 21, you can do all the keto and fasting you want. Now, day 21, this is where your body's making progesterone. So same rules apply. You want to step out of ketosis and make sure that from 21 until the day you start your period, which is usually about day 28, that you're doing the beans and the squashes and you're pulling yourself purposely out of ketosis. This has been miraculous for women. And uh, I think the hardest thing is for women who are perimenopause and they're like, I don't know when it's coming or going. And the other hard thing is for uh, women who are like, well, what won't I gain weight doing that? So that's where I, you got to be coached. I mean, this is where joining, you know, things like your Keto Camp Academy and like having someone kind of walk you through some of those things can be helpful. We do this in our Reset Academy too. But I always tell people, remember, there's two ways to get into ketosis. There's fasting and there's the ketogenic diet. So you might fast more on the other days and uh, lean in to be more strict on those other days so you can really drop weight better that way. But I found if people follow that formula and they follow it month after month after month, they do not gain weight. They typically, after about five, six months, they start losing weight. That's a phenomenal tip right there. I remember when I, when I asked you a similar question in Nashville uh, last year, you had uh, a great answer for it. And now it's evolved. Now you have more information. And I love that you're just always evolving. This is such a great answer. I learned some things there that I didn't know as well. So thank you for breaking that down. Hey, Keto Camper, I want to interrupt this episode real quick and let you know about 
a product I've been using to reduce inflammation and to get better sleep. When it comes to the CBD space, it is like the wild, wild west. And the company I've discovered is Dr. Phillips Formulations. It is pure, safe, potent, and yes, it's formulated by a doctor. They bring over 20 years of medical experience to their CBD oil. They have a proprietary formulation which combines pure, high quality ingredients with the knowledge of a board certified physician. They have tinctures that are internationally certified for non-GMO. And here's what they also have, keto CBD fruit chews. Yes, they are keto friendly, they taste delicious, and they're a great way to reduce inflammation in the body. The third thing that I use from them is the topical cream. There's very few if any CBD products on the market that can compare to this. I use the topical cream when I have some soreness, maybe in my lower back. I put this cream and the next morning the pain is gone. We have worked out a deal for Keto Campers to get 15% off your order by heading over to drphillipscbd.com slash ketocamp. Dr. Phillips CBD is spelled D-R-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-C-B-D.com slash ketocamp. Remember, that's camp with a K. Let's get back to this episode. What about, for instance, somebody who's just starting with keto? She is, uh, let's say, 20 pounds overweight, and she wants to get keto adapted. Do you still recommend that for the first month she tries out keto? Yeah, that's a great. I'm so happy you brought this up. So no, the first step is figure out ketosis for you. The problem with the hormone balancing, and I've now have a name, I call it the 28 day hormone reset, and we'll be putting it on our Instagram. It's in my book. So we want to show women like this is the formula you can follow to balance your hormones, but still be able to do the ketogenic diet. But if you're new, your first step is always to figure out how to get into ketosis. The second step would be after you like, if I said, get yourself into ketosis for the next three weeks, if you don't know what that means for you, ignore everything I just said. Like just get into ketosis, understand what that feels like, understand how you get there. Once you get there, now you can evolve to the hormone reset process. And if you do that process and you find, oh, I need to to drop more weight, You could go back and do a strict keto for about a month, but then you need to go back because if you're in there too long, you'll tank those hormones. Great answer. So what about this? What about if it's somebody who has been in ketosis for about a month, month and a half, and uh, she's still insulin resistant? So she's worried that having all those carbs might uh, be slowing down her progress or causing harm to her. What should she do? Okay, great. You got good questions. These are good. These are like you. You you're in the you're in the trenches like I am. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are legit what people ask. So this is great. You know, the first thing you can do is on those two times I told you to to step out of ketosis. I told you to eat more. It, maybe instead of 15 hours of intermittent fasting, try 17. So push your fasting back a little bit, and maybe instead of seven days in a row of the hormone building, maybe start. With with two or three. So the same rules apply. You're just doing shorter amounts of it and see if that allows you to balance the hormones, but still gives you the weight loss that you're looking for. Now, I don't, I'm sure you see this all the time. We see this in our online community where people are 
doing one meal a day, especially women, and they've been doing it for years, you know, like year and a half. And they're like, I'm not losing any weight anymore. So I don't want to do that hormone building thing you just said, because I'm not losing weight. If that's you, this will actually make you lose weight because you've been doing one meal a day too long. It's been too restrictive. You got to step out and do something different. And then your one meal a day will work better. Awesome. Yeah, because like there's a proper balance here, right? We have mTOR, which is the anabolic growth. We have autophagy. We don't want too much of either. When we're getting too much autophagy, you already explained one negative thing that can happen. Too much apoptosis, too many toxins to the bloodstream. That could be an issue if you're not detoxifying properly. What are some other problems that can occur when you're getting too much autophagy, like doing OMAD for years? What are some other problems that can happen? Yeah. So the biggest things I see is you get stuck with your weight loss. You can't, you're not losing weight anymore. And you might even be gaining weight for sure. Hair falling out. That's a biggie. With women, we see a lot of women all of a sudden start to get hot flashes that happen. We see women who lose their period. doesn't matter where they are in their time of life, but they all of a sudden lose their period. Muscle breaking down of muscle can also show up. Like if you've been doing it too much, this is because the body, once it's, once it's done eating a lot of the bad stuff, it's going to need to get energy from somewhere. So it'll start going for the good stuff, right? Just to get energy. Yeah. And I think, I know you you and I uh, share the same mind on this, that one of the challenges we have, especially on social media platforms, is it would be so much easier for you and I to stand up and give people the cookie cutter answer and just say, do this and this result will happen. But we actually, if you think about the way that most diets have happened over the years, is that we all of a sudden have these fads. So it was paleo, and then it was keto, and now it's carnivore. Like, And we become zealots for the fads. And we're like, oh, the carnivore diet, it healed me. And then all we do is eat the carnivore diet. And then one day we wake up and we go, huh, the carnivore diet's not working for me anymore. So what we have to come to this place and realize is that the magic is in the variation. Keto vegetarian, awesome. Paleo, awesome. Keto, awesome. I call it ketobiotic because I want women to be, or people in general to be eating more greens. Carnivore, amazing. Hormone, all of these are amazing diets and they should be put together in a variation program and you customize it for you. But that's not the cookie cutter answer. And I know that leaves people in a little bit of a quandary of like, well, how do I know what is right for me? But that is the, the level of thinking I feel like we need to evolve to when it comes to diet. Otherwise, we're just going from fad to fad to fad to fad. Yeah, well said. And it, it becomes even harder when you realize, oh, the carnivore diet is not working for me, but my Instagram handle is carnivore Kathy or whatever it is, right? Because you've identified yourself as being a part of this uh, diet when if it's not working for you, you know it's not working for you. And, and Mindy just said it, it's in the variation. There's not one culture in the history of this world that's stuck with the same diet long term. But they all did experience ketosis. They all did experience times of fasting and feasting. So if we could follow that and find a custom approach for you, that works uh, long-term. Let's talk a little bit now about your new book, which is called The Menopause Reset, which is perfect. It comes out on uh, April 7th, 2020. You could pre-order it today. We're going to put a link in the notes of this podcast. So we talked about cycling women, what to do. You gave amazing answers. What about the menopausal woman? What should she do? And give us some more nuggets from your upcoming book. Yeah, so this book was actually, my online community was like, can you explain all the pieces we need to do? So I tried doing it in video. We take women through these metabolic resets. I tried doing it there and I, I get feedback like, oh, your hormone balance 
balancing with fasting or it's really working for me. So I finally decided we just got to put it in a book in one easy to find place. And one of my concerns for menopausal women right now is that when we go into our 40s, we have two organs that are literally shutting down, like they're done. So the ovaries stop working, but it's not like they stop working right away. It's like a 10-year journey that they start to slow down. And so they, and because they're not doing their job anymore, they have to hand over the job to another organ. Somebody's got to make estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So what they do is they hand the job over to the adrenal glands. And what I'm finding is that so many of women that are in their 40s, they're so stressed out. This was definitely me, like just rushing woman lifestyle, like, you know, trying to take on too much, not sleeping. They're so stressed out that their hormones tank and then they're left very vulnerable. So this book is about what lifestyle change needs to happen as you start to enter the menopause experience. And this could be anywhere in your early 40s, mid 40s. Sometimes people don't notice it till their late 40s. But what I want women to understand is that our lifestyle needs to change. This is the book I should have had when I first went to that OB. I wish I had had this book where she could have just handed it to me and said, here's what you do. But the answer for menopausal women is not going to be in a magic mushroom. It's not going to be the perfect supplement of DIM. There is a, a lifestyle change that needs to happen. And if you don't change as you go through menopause, you make yourself very vulnerable to disease in postmenopausal years. You open yourself up for breast cancer, cervical cancers. You open yourself up for heart disease and osteoporosis. So I'm so thrilled to get this into as many hands as possible because we need to change our lifestyle. And I basically broke it down into five things that women need to do during this time. They need to adopt a fasting lifestyle like you and I to preach all the time. They need to really look at lowering their insulin by doing the ketogenic diet, but doing it the way I explained earlier. They really need to look at the microbiome. We have a whole microbiome. It's called the estrobilome. And this microbiome breaks down estrogen. So, and we can measure it. Like our gut zoomer that we do in our office, it measures your estrobilome. And it'll tell me, is do you have the microbiome to break down estrogen? So I have a whole chapter on how do you feed your microbiome so that it can break estrogen down, the toxic estrogen. And then we go into detoxing, of course. There has to be heavy metal detoxing. And then the last part of my five-step process is the rushing woman syndrome. How do you curb that? Which I'm still learning how to do. <laughs> So I, I'm just totally transparent. I've got the first steps mastered. And for me right now, I'm working on the fifth step. Oh, beautiful. That's going to be such a great book. Like, like you said, if you would have had this book, if, she, if your, that OB would have handed you this book, it would have saved you so much time and effort and pain. So you're doing great work with this book. I'm, I'm happy that it's coming out there for the ladies out there. Okay. We talked a lot about fasting. We talked about autophagy. I have uh, some, some other things on my notes here. You have programs. You have your YouTube channel. What is the most exciting thing that you're working on right now and why? Oh, that's a great question. Well, for starters, I think the, the book has really been such a fun experience for me because I feel like I can give it a really clear answer to this generation of women that are, that are really suffering. When I have these conversations with women about like, how are we supporting women as they go through menopause from a lifestyle perspective? And why aren't we talking about this? 
so many women say to me, yeah, why aren't we talking about this? So for me right now, the menopause reset is just incredibly exciting. We're going to run our next women's reset that we're running in March. I'm actually going to do just for women who are in perimenopause or postmenopause. So we can dial into this group of, you know, anybody over 40, basically any woman over 40. So that's exciting. My other really big thing, and again, I know you and I share this passion, is I'm just, I'm really saddened by how toxic our environment is. I feel like we live in the most toxic time in human history, and people haven't completely woken up to that yet, yet they're suffering. You know, we see it in the fasting community. People start fasting, and they get all these weird symptoms, and then they think it's a problem with fasting. But what we need to really understand is that we live in a toxic world and we need to detox. So we have totally revamped our detox protocol now. We're going to have teach people how to figure out how to detox their home. We're going to talk about detoxing the mind. We're going to show how to detox chemicals because we need people need a different skill set than they have now. So we're really excited. Our whole group detox experience is going to really encompass a more detailed approach for people. And this is this is what I went to the to CalJAM to speak to chiropractors about was like, we got to wake up. And I would say this to naturopaths. I would say this to medical doctors. I would say this to anybody who's leading the healthcare movement. What are you doing about this toxic load? We need to care about this because people are dying. They're not just suffering, they're dying from it. And we need to show up in a bigger way with that. Yeah, it's such a much needed message that's not being heard enough. I was just at a conference. I'm not going to name the conference, but not one speaker there was a health conference spoke about the toxicity issue. I was the only one, not one. So yeah, you're doing great work with that. And I'm on this mission with you. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. And we got to, we got to scream it. And I really want, I want people to like, this is what's so cool about fasting is that fasting is a mirror. So if you get all these weird symptoms, ask yourself, what are these symptoms telling me? And then once you start to figure out what they're telling you, a lot of times they'll reveal to you, hey, your toxic load's really high. Mm -hmm. So now we need to have a solution for that. So that's what I know you and I are like about how do we help the masses with that? So that keto and fasting is such a door in to understanding what's going on with your health. But once you understand it, it's your responsibility to do something about that. Yeah. Amen. One of the best ways to test how healthy you are, Dr. Pompa says this all the time, is skip a meal and see how you feel, right? If, if you can skip a meal and you feel fantastic, you feel better, that's a good sign. But if you have all those symptoms that Mindy was talking about, hey, there's something going on here. We have to explore that. I have my rapid fire questions for you. You ready for that? Okay, great. Oh, I'm totally up for it. Let's go. <laughs> you didn't know about it till <laughs> I now. I'm in ketosis right now. It's what, one o'clock? I haven't eaten yet. I'm yeah, doing you, it. you probably are in ketosis. <laughs> Speaking of which, what is your favorite keto food? Okay, my favorite keto food is not glamorous, but it legit is my favorite. I take a scoop of cashew butter and I put a, a scoop of Himalayan salt ghee on top of it. And I eat it through it. When I open my eating window, that's what I usually break my fast with. I love it. And sometimes, um, do you know keto manna? Uh, it's like it's like a drink. Is it a drink? No, it's like a chocolate mixed with no. coconut oil. So oh. my fa my favorite is I take cashew butter or sometimes I'll do almond butter. Sometimes I'll do walnut butter. I, d I do it raw, organic. I'll take a scoop of that and I'll put some keto manna. You can look it up. It's just, it's um, cacao and coconut oil. So I'll put that on there and then I'll put some Himalayan salt ghee on top of that. And just in a spoon. 
and I'll eat it. I love it. That sounds great. I'm on, I'm going on about 20 hours fast right now. I'm uh, you're you're getting me ready to break the fast. <laughs> I'll break it with some fat. Yeah, I will. Protein and fat. Yeah. What is your favorite non-keto food? Oh my gosh, my favorite non-keto food. Well, one of my favorite foods on the planet are sweet potatoes. You can kind of make them keto-esque, but I love sweet potato anything. And probably like when I do my hormone building days, one of the things I allow myself to do is go get those sweet potato chips that are with the right oils, like that are in coconut oil or avocado oil. And I'll, I'll sit down and eat a bag of them. Yeah, I do the same thing on my feast days. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, popcorn's my other thing. I've, I've got a really good popcorn recipe where I'll take organic popcorn. I'll just drench it with grass-fed butter, and then I'll, I'll put Himalayan salt on it and sprinkle a little coconut sugar on. Mm, That's another good that one. That sounds good. So what I do with my popcorn is I, I'll grab orga- organic popcorn, and I'll, I'll actually drench it with um, the fresh-pressed olive oil all over, and then I'll throw some more sea salt, and that's what, usually what I do. Ooh, okay, yeah. I got to try that. Yeah, you got to try it. What is the first thing that you think of in the morning? How I can help people. How can we reach more people? I know that sounds like, you know, Pollyannish, but it's not. I, I just, I'm on a mission like you. How do we help people? What can I do when I wake up? I have a, a two hour time period in the morning that I either spend it like, working on myself. So either meditation or I really love Joe Dispenza's work. I'll watch some of his videos and then I'll spend it like researching information and figuring out how we can show up or I can show up in a bigger way to serve others. That's, you know, at 50 years old, I really feel like I've spent a lot of my 20 to 50 trying to do, you know, helping people, but also trying to, you know, advance my career or whatever that you want to call it. And I now at 50 realize that the greatest thing we can do in this world is find something that lights us up and find a purpose and a passion and then serve people in with that passion, like nobody's business. And I know you're in that same boat. That's, that's really my big focus. 90% of my thoughts are around how do we help people? How do we serve people? How do we get people out of the healthcare mess they're in? Mm, it's beautiful. That's, that's a great question to ask kids who are in school, uh, who are going through high school and college. Instead of what do you want to be? Who, what problem do you want to solve? Who do you want to help? That, that's exactly what you just shared. I love it. What is the best piece of advice you've ever heard? Oh, that I've ever heard. The best piece of... Okay. So a couple things. I think that, again, these are, these are pretty common. I, I think that, that life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. So for me, just knowing the greatest piece of advice that I've ever received is that when things seem tough, it's not like life's not going your way. It's that there is a moment there of opportunity of growth. And if you can stop and grow in it, if you can stop and acknowledge that it's going to evolve you into a better person, for lack of a better word, like it'll evolve you into a happier person and not villainize it in the moment. I think that mindset has helped me tremendously. When life comes crashing down, to realize that I have an opportunity to become a better version of myself because of that, that, that is the greatest lessons anybody's ever taught me. What about the worst piece of advice you've heard? Gosh, these, these, these are hard questions. You're on the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know what? 
I'll tell you a story that when I first became a chiropractor, I fell in love with the process of it. And I was working my ass off just to work my ass off. And I just, cause my, I'm German, my background's German. I've been taught work ethic by my dad. And I just thought if you worked your ass off, everything in life would be okay. And I was really burnt out. And I had a really good mentor who said to me at the time, and uh, if you look at Michael Jordan, this was when Michael Jordan was really big. He said, if you look at Michael Jordan, you wouldn't ask Michael Jordan to do a playoff game 12 hours in a day. He, he could never play at the level that he was playing at if he did it for 12 hours out of a day. He wouldn't perform well. So you need to perform in shorter increments and really give your all in short increments, not all day long. So I was like, this is brilliant. This makes sense. So I rearranged my whole schedule to fit a more, what I would call like concentrated periods of work throughout the day, but then some periods where I would relax. So I had this whole plan and I was telling my dad who told me to work my ass off. I was telling him the, the, what I was going to do. And he says to me, I'll never forget this. He says to me, well, that's really nice. And when that doesn't work well for you, you can go back to working hard again. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, my dad's a really great, he's open to feedback. And I like stopped him and I said, I didn't say I wasn't working hard. I just said I was going to work in a more smart way. So I think the advice that you have to work hard to achieve your dreams, to help people, I don't think that's helpful. I think we can be, we can work a little smarter and, and to bring it back to women going through menopause, this is not helping us. I love people like Gary Vaynerchuk and the hustle hustle. I don't think this is helping the menopausal woman because we have to honor that we should work in spurts, go in, work hard take a break, work hard, take a break. You need more balance. Otherwise it'll kill you. Yeah. Great, great story. What is the, your favorite TV show growing up? Oh, the Brady Bunch. Ah, of course. <laughs> I love one. the Brady Bunch. Yes. That was, that was definitely, and, um, Leave it to Beaver. I watched leave it to Beaver old run reruns. Olivia, but the Brady Bunch was, was definitely up there. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Oh, I think that my superpower is to take the complicated and make it simple. And I think it's because I had to do this for myself. So I always say that I wasn't the smartest, you know, person in class. So I had to find ways to take like, especially when I was in chiropractic school, like how do I take this complex information and simplify it? So I would actually, I'm not much of a drawer, but I would listen to a lecture and then I would come home that night and I would draw out pictures because I realized really quickly that I was a visual learner and then I would take steps and I would step things out. And that's kind of, if you watch like my YouTube videos, that's kind of how I teach now. I have to like see it in a visual and then I've got to step it. And I think that perhaps is my superpower is that I can take the complicated and step it out for people. Yeah, you definitely your superpower. You're really good at doing that. That's that's part of the reason why your channel has grown so fast. You take that those complicated um, issues or not issues, but a complicated biochemistry, autophagy, like what's going on. You give these analogies that make a lot of sense. Okay, my final question for you. Let's say you woke up and there was a box next to your bed. You open it up and it's this magic wand, right? And with this wand, you could wave it once. And the world, the entire world gets to follow 
a certain rule that could reverse the illness, the disease out there? It's just one thing that every single human being will start doing. What would be that one thing? I love that. You know what I would say above all else is I would love for humanity to be kind and compassionate to each other. I feel like if I could wave a magic wand over everybody, if we started with kindness, if we started with love, if we started with caring about our enemies, people we disagree with, care about everybody around us, that that would probably have a more healing effect on the planet, on the world than fasting or detoxing or keto, that we have to start with kindness. And once we show up as kind and understanding and we stop trying to fight for our position in life, that we just understand that we're all here as humans together and that we should love one another, that would be the greatest healing we could ever see in the individual. That's beautiful, Mindy. Mindy, where is the best place for keto campers to go look up your information? Uh, you can go to my YouTube channel. There's, I'm doing videos. I'm about to do a whole hormone protocol and videos. I just put one out this morning. So I'll go through all the different hormones and how fasting and keto goes there. You can go to my website and you can join me and fast with me in my Resetter Collaborative on Facebook. And I don't know if we told you, but when my Kindle version book comes out, we are giving the digital version away. So we will send you a link where your people can get the digital version for free. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we'll put that in the notes of this podcast and the notes of the YouTube video. Mindy, I am so grateful to know you. You are amazing. You show up in this world like no other. You're on a mission. I see you shining bright, and I learned so much from you. I, I watch so many of your YouTube videos. I don't think you understand that. I, I study <laughs> like a scientist, and I, I'm always in awe with the way you break things down and how you just truly care and you want to help the world, and you are doing it. You, you not only want to do it, which a lot of people want to do things, but you're actually doing it. And I'm grateful to be on this mission with you. And I just had a great time on this episode. And thank you for coming on here and just sharing your brilliance. Yeah, thank you. And you know, the feeling's mutual. I mean, it's really where you and I are trying to wake up a world and people that like your keto campers, my resetters, like people are waking up. And you know, it's not always easy, as you know, to put yourself out there day after day after day, but it, it's so important. We need to reach the people that are suffering. So uh, thank you for having me and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you for listening to this entire episode with Dr. Mindy Peltz. Be sure to visit the notes of this podcast to pre-order her book. Get all of her books. I'm going to put them all down below in that link. So check them out. Follow her on YouTube. Her YouTube channel is amazing. She's putting out such valuable content. Go look her up on Instagram. Send her a shout out, a message. Let her know that I sent you. Let her know that you listened to her on Keto Camp Podcast. And also take a screenshot of this episode post it to your Instagram and I'll see it. She'll see it and I'll be sure to share it. My Instagram handle is at the Benazadi and Dr. Mindy's is dr.mindypeltz. I want to let you know about my favorite keto snack in the entire world, these Paleo Valley beef sticks. They are 100% grass fed and grass finished. Many beef sticks and beef jerky companies out there claim that their product is grass fed, but usually they're finished on grains. Paleo Valley, they live up to my high quality of standards and I personally love the original flavor. I can't get enough of that. My girlfriend loves the teriyaki flavor. If we're running errands, traveling on the road, 
This is the perfect sidekick to keep us on course with our keto results. We have an exclusive deal for keto campers to get 15% off your entire first order by heading over to paleovalley.com, entering the coupon code KKA to get 15% off. That is paleovalley.com, coupon code KKA. Thank you for listening to this entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.